learned. So when you come in here to take lessons from me, you should be getting way more from me than what you give me in yes. return. That's how this goes. And if I don't hold up my end of the bargain, fire me, please. Okay, guys, the Splendid Torch Podcast. Professor Pete here. I'm with Coach Pete. Coach Pete, how you doing, man? Doing well, Professor. May the 4th be with you. Oh, you're such a nerd. <laughs> yeah, today's May 4th, so we'll see a bunch of the dorks coming out with that one. I quoted it 100 times today. But sure, yeah, may the 4th be with you and all that jazz. Um, man, so let's get right into it. This is episode 13. 13.5. Right, yes. we're, we're rocking and rolling, dude. Yes, and um, everything's been great. We get a lot of awesome feedback. Um, I think, you know, we've touched on so many different things. And for every single episode, I've had a handful of students come up and say, you know, you cleared this thing up and it was awesome to hear you talk about this. And one of the things that I like has been in, not even like I didn't realize this was going to happen. Maybe I'm just glad that I was right to anticipate this is we're getting to get in the ears of some of the students that we don't really get to teach very often one-on-one -on -one and, yeah. you know, having our classes. Man, just from the, the way that the academy is laid out, we're rocking and rolling. Yes. Do you want to let everybody know about how much we're rocking and rolling? Well, last night. What did we, last night Last night like? was pure mayhem. I, we had three mats going. We had the advanced class, over 30 people on the match. We had but we were 15 people actually spaced appropriately, <laughs> yeah. and one guy with a ruler to make sure. Uh, Matt, two in the fundamentals class. Uh, Coach Tony was knee deep into signing people up last yeah. night. Poor Tony. Poor Tony didn't get to do his favorite thing he in the has world. Paper cuts. All yeah, over dude, right I walk now. in today. <laughs> so you know what we're getting at is the academy is rocking and rolling, yes. and like I don't look. Of course, we do a lot of things very well. I, I you know I think we're a very welcoming academy. We 100%. teach incredible classes, but uh, we can't take all the credit for the growth of our academy because really what we're we're enjoying is the explosive growth of jujitsu yes right so like we don't we don't really i don't do marketing we don't do advertising no. i mean i put like nifty little videos about what it looks like in here which i think lowers the barrier of entry like makes people a little bit more makes comfortable it more inviting more inviting but who's really doing most of our marketing it's word of mouth well it's jocko jocko rogan yeah. Tim Ferriss, like, you know, the John Wick. And, man, the secret is out. Not, not. Who, what's the guy, that jujitsu movie, which I, I didn't Nicholas even Cage. Oh, my God. Nah, dude, burn it. Burn it down. He ruined Ghost Rider. He ruined it for me. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, man, we're rocking and rolling. So, we we welcomed 10 new students to the school yesterday. And Ketter came back. Ketter came back. Yeah. One of our young killers came back, went right into the adult program. Came back looking like tall, lean, like smelt. a new person. Yeah, I'm like, you rock. look like somebody I used to know. That kid's ago. a killer, man. He, he won. He got gold in our last uh, in-house in tournament. He killed but uh, I walk in today. I see Coach Tony. I'm like, Coach, how are your fingertips feeling from all that that <laughs> typing? And poor Coach Tony, man. His favorite thing in the world is to teach. Yes. And his favorite thing in the world is to teach beginners. Like yes. that's his wheelhouse, and especially this week. It's fundamentals. It's week one. Week one, it's, man. We're right back at the yeah, start. It's, passing the guard. Yeah, it's a technical lift series, passing the guard. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, I never get tired of I that love stuff. it. I love it. And it's, you know, being able to go down and say, look, in the beginning when they came out with way the— Way back when. Way back when. And, you know, you think about the 90s, that's what they were teaching, Gracie 101, technical yeah. lift series, you know, uh, passing the guard, how effective the guard is. Dude, it never goes as No, it does not. And 
you know that. And and to be clear, week one in our fundamentals curriculum is passing the guard, but passing from the closed guard, yes. starting on your knees. Yeah. Which, for a lot of people out there, it's like archaic. Yes. Right. But not us, man. We there's certain things that you have to learn that you can't skip, that I think are detrimental to overlook. You know, look, of course, like a bullfight pass, a Toriando is super effective. But if you get a group of beginners, I don't think your job is to just get them to pass the guard, like an open guard, as effectively as possible right off the bat. I think you need to learn the struggle. Well, I think they have to wade into the pool yes. of jujitsu. And one of the best ways to do that, dude, these people have never had physical contact like this before, they've yeah. never grabbed somebody before. Yeah. Um, so that, that's why we design it that way. And that is going to lead me right into the topic for today. Yes, sir. And it is tradition, history, uh, the value in and, and detriment. We're going to look at both sides of the coin. You have to. Of adhering to tradition. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if you could call me a traditionalist, but I, I'm a historian. You grew, when you grow up in an art... A traditional martial art, which is where you started with I your did. uncle. Yeah, you have a different view because that's what you were brought up in. It's you, the language it's I speak. The language you speak. I mean, it, it's a part of you. you. You know, I know you speak English pretty well, but you also speak martial arts very well. I know that for a fact. And thank you. That's attributed to your lifetime of martial arts experience. Yeah. I never had that. Like I said, I was I grew up wrestling and you know playing football and baseball and stuff. So my experiences are different. I envy that you grew up in that. I just never did it. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it was for me. And, you know, I, so that's why anytime you speak, especially when your uncle speaks, anytime I hear your uncle talking and when he posts and he shares information, I always, I eat it up. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people that uh, when you hear what they say, you know, Kovar, I see his posts. I, you know, I Dude, you know what? It's one of the so great, great, Kovar is a great example of seeing the value in the tradition while not overlooking uh, like the possibilities and what's new. Yes. He does, man, he's got 10 different black belts. One of them is, is jujitsu, mm -hmm. but you know, he could do stick fighting. He could do knife fighting and he could, he does, he does Aedo, which is, is the art of drawing the katana. I tell you what, sidetrack real quick. Cause we do this pretty well. Sidebar. I had to read sidebar. I'm sorry. I had to, uh, my gym closed as of April 30th, so I had to re-sign up over at LA Fitness, and I'm going over to get my, I signed up online, I go over to get everything all uh, squared away with them to make sure I'm good, so when I get back in there, it's no problem. And I look at one of the racquetball courts, and there's the guys with the long black gowns, with the stick, with the swords. Get out of here. They're doing it in a racquetball court. With the face shield on? Uh, Ken, I, kendo, like with the, yeah, it, was, it, it looked was, like, a, like a wrapped bamboo stick almost? Yes. Dude, yes. I gotta tell you, like I'm reading, Talk about sidebar. We're going deep. <laughs> we do this all the time. Yeah, I'm reading this book. I, I told you about that uh, autumn lightning, and <laughs> we're we're coming back from Florida. I'm reading this book. I look over at Melissa. I'm like, when we get back, I'm I'm enrolling at at a a kendo academy. I want to be a white belt again. And yeah. and dude, it's just that's a good example. I love the traditional stuff, but at the same time, I don't scoff at what's new, and I, and I don't disregard it. I I embrace what's new. You have to embrace change. Yeah, well, I I embrace evolution. That's you know, like if you're it. if you're stagnant or what's a better? It's evolve or die. Yes, is is a good phrase. Exactly. Evolve or die, and one of the best examples. And I wrote a, 
a blog post about this many moons ago. It's when like the Danaher Death Squad first really exploded on the scene. BBI. And they they completely supplanted the old guard in a matter of like 18 months. It's crazy. Flipped everything on its head and they just were leg locking the crap out of everybody. <laughs> and you know, they've evolved. They're not just leg lockers. Not at all. And if they were only leg lockers, they they'd be stagnant and people would surpass them. Well, everybody's looking for them to set up the, you know, the Ashigaramis and so forth, and all of a sudden Gordon's on their back. Yeah. Hand fighting and choking and hitting rear mount trials. Right. Now he's, now he's mounting thing. people and, and just finishing insane. from the mount. Like people insane. don't really do that much anymore. But he's bringing it back. But the point is, you know, evolve or die, things pass you by if, you, if you're not, you know, willing to, to adapt and move with the times. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the value of tradition. I want to talk about, like, why there is tradition. Like, for something to become a tradition, it doesn't happen by accident. No, it does not. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, even in your own personal life, you don't develop, the, like, the habits and routines you have by, some of them, like, some of them. But, but the, the fundament, the foundational routines of your life, you put there for a reason. Yeah. And there's a reason that traditions survive. Right there, yes. there's some kind of value in there, and and one of the the biggest ones, which gets goofy, man, it, it's goofy, and I understand the undertones and the connotations there, but the, let's call it the the apprentice master relationship, like a good example would be like blacksmith, mm-hmm. you know, think back to like, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's like, you know, uh, what's his name? Will was like a like an apprentice for this blacksmith. There's value in that, and that's 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 um, a relationship as old as time, right? Like finding a master, somebody who has devoted their entire life to this thing, and not being I, I, the word subservient is is not a good word. Being receptive, you have being to be receptive, receptive to their influence, yes. and you're doing it willingly. That's such a like an invaluable thing. It's a skill, and I, I like I would venture to say that anybody who is successful in any field would I, I bet they wouldn't hesitate to be an apprentice in some other field because they understand the truth that the only way to mastery is at some point being an apprentice. To be a white belt again. To be a white belt. And exactly. I think the problem is even people who, who think that might like mistakenly think they're like self-made and came to like the, these skills and not just jujitsu, I'm saying anything. Anything. In even in like an, an entrepreneurship you're not going to get there on your own. No. Even if like you think you did, I bet if we sat down and peeled the onion back a few layers, you're going to realize at some point in your life you were an apprentice to a master. Exactly. And you were receptive to their influence. Exactly. And you know, a lot of times it's something inspired somebody to do something. You know, we could use blacksmithing or woodworking for you, you know. Yeah. It's one of the, it, it it was something inspired you to do it. And it's not you didn't just say day 1 Look at this house I whittled. Yeah. All right. No, it takes a lot of day work. Day one was like, look at this piece of crap garden bench that I glued together. <laughs> yes. What are these? Just don't sit. Things? Don't even look at it too long because it's going to fall apart. Exactly. But you know, it doesn't just happen overnight. And you know, it is a matter of slamming your thumb with a, with a hammer. Yeah. It's the you know, there's there's growth that comes from it. Nobody becomes a master overnight. You never hear anybody. I mean, the overnight is success. Yeah. Is, you know, has been spoke about because, you know, the academy has been pretty successful in a short period of time. And do you know where my overnight success started? 
it didn't even start with me on the mat at my uncle's when I was seven. Started years before that. It started when my uncle was like 13 going to his instructor's school. Yes. So we, like, I, I do a podcast with my uncle too, the martial arts professional, and it's exactly what it sounds. We're talking to people who, like, either own a school or, you know, you're a full-time instructor. And we, the last episode we talked about mentors, which is another word for the master and the, you know, ma- mentor mentee is the same as like the master apprentice. Yes. And I get it. Like that word, you can't say a word. It's like got a weird connotation, but I'm saying it completely in that apprenticeship sense. But he said. That's a traditional term. It is. Master. That's right. why I understand it. Right. So he, he says, don't stand on the shoulders of giants and then like step on their head. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always like to say, don't stand on the shoulders of giants and complain about the view. But <laughs> that's a great what, yeah i love that one because you hear I've that shit that. a lot yeah. like how dare you like imagine if imagine if i didn't like work with ricardo like work for ricardo and, and learn under ricardo for like the seven years before i opened up imagine what this place would look like <laughs> it would not look like this. it would not be like my that. i wouldn't look like this no. my jujitsu wouldn't look we'd like have this. 60 students I'd probably have like less scars and yes. my like I'd probably walk a little bit straighter. <laughs> my ears would look nicer, but I wouldn't be as happy and fulfilled. I wouldn't be the person I am today. And we all go through those little spurts where it's like I w- resentment's a strong word, but you kind of you get complain you complain whiny. Yeah. You get fuck whiny. Well, yeah, it's and and that happens through the relationship with the master and the student, with the teacher and the student yeah. with whoever is, you know, it gets to the point where he goes, like you would say, man, what are you doing? Yeah. What the F are you doing? Yeah. It's, what are you doing there? Yeah. Cause, and cause being you, able to you lose sight of the, the gratitude. People take it personal criticism. They take it. It's constructive criticism. Most times, right? Most cases, especially in that relationship, it's, they're saying, look, I see what you're doing. I think you have, you know, good thought in mind, but it's wrong. You yeah. have to go this way. This is the favorite path that will get you to where you want to go. And what happens is, especially these days. That's that's a really good point. This I is the favored path. Yes. Because you can, you've, you have, you know, more, you have all the right in the world to go any path you choose. Yes. But we just know from experience, yes. as your teacher, that's not getting you it's where you want to go. where you want to go. And, and, you know, the fork in the road, the proverbial fork in the road, you know. Right. You're going to come to a place in life where it's like, well... You know, my master says it's going to be a better way to go this way. My my teacher says it's probably better to go this way. I think I'm going to go this way, even though he told me a hundred times it's not yeah. going to end well. Yeah, and like, I could bring back a thousand stories where my father said, "Don't do that, don't do that." I did it, and you know, look what happened. Right. You know, and that's that relationships being able to accept constructive criticism when somebody that is you know the educator tries to explain to the educatee. That or the student, <laughs> the educant, educant, tintint. But when somebody when somebody says, "Look, man, no, that's not going to work," he's telling you because he did it and he failed at it. Right. His teacher did it and failed at it, dude. And in a lot of cases, like Ricardo's a great example because he he was like a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really a trailblazer, but I've I've walked the path. But I've walked not even the full path that Ricardo walked, but he shed the light. Yes. Ricardo's the guy who treads the battle scars. He treads through the fucking jungle. He's got stickers yeah. like stuck in his legs. Leeches, He's got snake bites, yeah. leeches. Yeah, like in Stand By Me. Right. <laughs> um, 
I was thinking platoon, but okay. Right. But but that's the whole point in that relationship. It's like, look, like I just I just walked this path and I'm 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 turn I walked to the top of this hill in the dark in the woods and like I had a machete and I hacked away at all the weeds and I'm 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 standing at the top with a flashlight going down the path for you. I'm yeah. doing it for you. Exactly. Your side of the bargain is follow that light. Yes. Now, I want to go into this because I, you know, I feel this way too sometimes. Not with Ricardo, like I, I'd follow him into a friggin' burning building. But that relation, or just saying that, the I guess the criticism would be, yeah, but you can't blindly follow people, right? And I agree with that. True. To a certain extent, yes. it's not really blindly. It's, it's, it's leading with faith. And what, what I faith. did with Ricardo, like you know, I grew up with my uncle. Yeah. I knew who he was for better or for worse. <laughs> And uh, we shared the same blood. So it wasn't far-fetched for me to blindly follow him. That's my uncle, man. It's blood. Ricardo, I chose. I get. I got to choose Ricardo. But your uncle said, let's go to so, Ricardo. All right, that's a good. That's another part of this. So, so he what better endorsement? There's no better endorsement than having somebody who already was my mentor. And, man, talk about owning enough of yourself to give some away. <laughs> my uncle used to call me Charlie. You know, he would call like certain people, certain like, I guess, less than ideal employees over the years. He would call them the Oompa Loompas because like, yeah. they don't want to have a school. They yes. don't, they, they're happy with just clocking, like clocking in, clocking out, teaching lackluster classes, not trying to get better at martial arts. And, you know, he was kind of priming me to be Charlie. Yeah. That one day you get the keys to, to the chocolate factory. Yeah. And he cared enough about me to see that I wanted more and he introduced me to Ricardo knowing what was going to happen the day I shook Ricardo's hand yes like adios goodbye New York goodbye like this former life but with Ricardo I willingly chose him as my teacher and that meant a lot to me and it wasn't a snap judgment you know what I mean like yeah. it, I took a lot of things into account and I realized like he values a lot of the same things I value and things like that so it was easy for me to be completely receptive to his influence, and I still am to this day. And uh, that's such an important dynamic. Yes. Because then when that whole criticism comes up of like blindly following somebody, you're not. You're, you're not, not at all. You ran it through the filter of what do I value? What, what do I want to aim at? What has this person done? And you do have to take in con into consideration what am I going to get out of this you know, student-teacher relationship? Yeah. And then you move forward. Yeah. And it's, and there's a, how do you say it the right way? Because you are my instructor, you are my teacher, you are my, you know, mentor. It's a, for lack of a better term. Because, I, you know. I, I'd be honored to be considered your mentor. You are. You 100% are. But you're more because you're also my friend. So when you slap me down. Less I, honored. There's a lot less there's honor There's a lot of there. dishonor in that. And I appreciate that. And I, and I realize that where I stand here on the bottom of your shoes. But, <laughs> but I know and I look at you at that way for a certain reason. It's not blindly. You've earned it. I've said, I've seen how you are. I've seen what you do. And, and I'm like, I agree. I agree. I agree in this. Right. You know, I bought into it. And because of that, when I see Professor Matakis, whenever I see Dante, Professor Dante, whenever I see Ricardo, it's like, all right, 
there's a leadership council here that I know is out there and I know, and that goes beyond, you so, know, I could so go to saying, a bunch, I could say so many different people. Right. And, and, and your respect for them is an extension of your respect for, for me as your teacher. And because I hold them in high regard. You, and, because your teacher right. brought them down. So right. for lack of a better term, let's look at the pyramid. Not a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> We're not selling Amway. But you look at the pyramid. The hierarchy. The Dude, hierarchy. there's such a weird thing to, with hierarchy. It's, it's a huge, huge We're trying thing. to like burn down hierarchies right now. And I, I get it. I get there's, Look, there's some of them need to go. To some of them yes. need to go. Yes. Um, but you can't throw the baby out with the bad no. order, which that fucking term's got to go. That's, such, that's like, so <laughs> stupid. Like, has that happened? Did somebody, whoops. Oh, my God, where's the baby? That's a good phrase. We should use that as a phrase. That's good. It's bad that happened. But, yeah. hey, silver lining, we got this great where's phrase. Where's Teddy? Damn it, I threw Damn him out it, with the, the bathwater. The water was so dirty. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, like, some hi- hierarchies, there's there's value in them. And there's a reason that they're there. It's, it's so blatantly obvious in the military. Yes. Right? Because... Without order, there, there'd be chaos, I guess. Although I will tell you this, and this is another thing I was going to touch on on this, this subject is, you know, when I was in the military, you would have leaders that you're going, this guy's a freaking moron. Yeah. How is this guy a leader? But he was given the position. So yeah. you had no choice. I had no choice. And I got a story I could teach, I'll tell you offline, where this guy actually had, men were killed because he had to have this look at me moment in the yeah. middle of Afghanistan when all of a sudden a mortar, uh, mortar started coming in and, you know, brothers and sisters of mine uh, from when I was in died because of it because this guy yeah. had to go look at me in the middle of the day, have everybody come together and on all hands. What are you doing? That that's, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because we, we have to talk about that. Yes, but I want to touch on this real quick was, but I want to say this, and this isn't uh, attributed to you and to the academy. And we like you said, you just had this seven year Right, seven-year anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations. Lucky number seven. Big clap, big clap, everybody. <laughs> but here's the thing. I was training at another academy. Coach Tony was training at another academy. There was a bunch of us who were training at other places. And I came in with my brand, well, not brand new, but recently acquired black gameness feather black key, not nice, knowing. Nice and shiny. Not knowing. So I was basically, uh, you know, what do you call that, where you go in and I look like a Navy SEAL, but I didn't even... Stolen Valor. <laughs> stolen Valor. I did a Stolen Valor without even realizing it. But I came in and I was on the mat. We were in class 10 minutes. I think it was that Thursday uh, of that week. And I was like, all right, I know where I need to go. Yeah. And it's nothing against where I was. You know, uh, people I trained with, Pat Sabatini, great. Those guys are great. But it was just different. Yeah. It seemed something I really, really needed. Look, And I came in. And I came in and I was like, I, it was just, in, you know, before I came over full time, I was training here. Yeah. And I just, every time I was in, I was like, man, this is just, this is where I had to be. And it was, in, again, it's not, it wasn't blind faith. You earned my loyalty because of, and it wasn't just, hey, jujitsu. It was yeah, the I conversation. And I didn't try to sell you. You didn't sell. I don't me. try to sell anything. Jujitsu sells itself. But beyond the jujitsu, it was the conversations we had. It was yeah. more, dude, there's more to life. There was there was so much more that, you know, we've had so many conversations. And we could look at, you know, Tony's uh, anniversary is coming up. We go back to our time down there in the Outer Banks. That was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. And there was a lot of conversation and beer. Yeah, We had a great time down there. But the conversation that took place in that time was expansive to all of us. You look at, you know, the group of us that all down there. 
You know, yeah. it was it was obviously Tony and Jen who were getting married. It was it was Kelowna and it was Rich. It was myself, just a group of us. The conversation that took place was amazing, and everybody's yeah. taking a different path. Yeah, man. And look, it brings us all together, and it strengthens the bond that we had then. That maybe I can't have with all the students now, but the point is like the hierarchy that we developed in here, when we're on the mat, it's very structured. And I think that's what resonated with you. And we, we started this off talking about the importance and the value of tradition and the fact that certain traditions survive for a reason. Yeah. There's, there's something there. And, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. I talked to Matakis about this briefly this morning and you don't, you're not born with the inherent knowledge of how to behave properly. You're not born just knowing how to navigate the world. You're not right. born knowing how to pass the guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the value in, like traditions teach us a lot of these things. Exactly. If, if you understand them. So like a, a really good example of maybe tradition, not gone awry, but we lost like the, the lessons in it is religion. And yes. I think, you know, Jordan Peterson is, is, is this great mouthpiece for translating the lessons in all these like biblical stories, yeah. which I'm not a religious guy. Like yeah. I don't know anything about the Bible, but I like Jordan Peterson yeah. and I'm a, because I, I, I like I the feel. life stories that I learned from him. Yes. And it's surprising to me. Look, I've gone to church a bunch because yeah. I'm a seeker. Like I was looking for something mm -hmm. and like, I was so disappointed when we went, when we were doing all our marriage stuff and you had to do like pre canon and all that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, if I'm going to spend my whole Saturday with this guy, at least like he'll drop some knowledge. Yeah. It turned out he's just like this hateful bigot, and I want to walk out the whole yeah. time. But there's so many lessons that's in tradition. That's a bad mentor. Bad it's mentor. a bad teacher. Bad man. Man, he really put a bad taste in my mouth. And that's, and and that goes a long way. I mean, we, that's a whole other discussion yeah. offline, but yeah. Yeah, but man, the thing is this: you you need to take one more step, do a little bit of legwork. If there's a tradition that immediately gives you a knee jerk reaction, like. Ugh, like student teacher relate, like mentor. Yeah. I'm here to learn jujitsu, dude. There's a reason that we have this hierarchy. Yes. There's a reason that I didn't want you to wear a black gi when you first showed up here. Do you know what that is? Why? You have to achieve that. Man. There you, have you to go. Earn that. Right. You have to earn it, but yes. that has nothing to do with me. No. So I put up that video of Coach Allen. I love putting that up. I yeah. put it up every year when he gets it. When he earned his his black gi. Do you remember what he did? He teared up, man. I teared up. That, yeah. You you caught I was caught off guard. I was sitting there. <laughs> I was sitting there and I think I was I looked to my right and I said something to somebody and Alan Otto goes, Yo, coach. That's you. I go, What? <laughs> hey, hey. He goes, Professor just called you up. I'm like, what I do? <laughs> right. And you stood up there with the black E. And I'll tear up right now talking about it because I'm an old sap. But you are an old sap. It's I look at it to the equivalent of making a rank in the military it's exactly a, that's a good analogy man. it's making rank in the military and it's not just oh hey i made e1 e2 e3 or four it's like you made a rank where you are now a leader you yeah. now have people that are going to look at you because of your rank your yes. black key and it's something that does not go beyond me or something that I do not think about every day when I walk in this academy, and I put that black e on, and, and I and, and, and then there's it, there's a reason that there's separation. There's a reason that there's distinction for yes. people like you, Coach Allen, Coach James, Professor Battle, Coach Tony, Coach Rich, Coach yeah. Al. There's a reason. 
what is what's that reason? Is it because you have the best armbar? <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> not the reason. Is it because battle can turn into liquid metal and take no. you back? No, it's because you guys you, you serve. You serve. And the funny thing is, if you just allow yourself, if you can give yourself over to the process and the relationship of the mentor mentee, the student teacher, the master apprentice, you're gonna get so much more out of it than the the quote unquote master. Like you as a coach, yes, there's prestige in that black gee. Yes, that title of coach is it separates you. There's in a, weight in, in that a sea black of 350 people in this room, and everybody who sees us on Instagram, which is plentiful. Yes, yes, you're wearing the black gee. Yes, you're Coach P. Yes, you're like a little celebrity here, but you serve everybody way more than that little bit of pre prestige serves yes. you. Exactly. And when you hear the term master apprentice, you would think that the apprentice is like this frigging guy who has to toil away for years and years and years learning the, the, the little tricks of the trade. And in, in some cases, that is the case. Mm -hmm. I read um, the biography of Benjamin Franklin by Walter Isaacson, who writes amazing biographies. And I'm sure you wouldn't expect to hear that on a jiu-jitsu <laughs> podcast. And I'm not a guy who reads biographies. Mm -hmm. I way, way more prefer novels. I like, I like fiction. I like Hemingway. And, you know, I like, um, like a lot of historical fiction. But man, these write are written so well. They read so well. And one of the things that I was surprised to learn about Ben Franklin is, first off, he's a little bit of a douchebag at times, <laughs> a little bit of a womanizer. I forgave him for that. But he was an apprentice to uh, his older brother. I think it was either his older brother or his, I think it was his older brother. And that was one of those stereotypical toxic relationships where he was very, getting very little out. It was like in the printing press. Mm -hmm. um, so he left, you know, and that brings me to the next thing, man. Like the way that relationship is designed. So when you come in here to take lessons from me, you should be getting way more from me than what you give me in yes. return. That's how this goes. And if I don't hold up my end of the bargain, fire me, please. And same with you, like as my coach, as one of like, you know, my, my sergeants, lieutenants, I don't know the jargon. Mm -hmm. If I don't, you know, pull my, my weight and, and fulfill my end of the bargain and then some, like it's gotta be, and then some, yes. you fire me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what happens when somebody leaves an academy. Well, here's what we've got to get to. a certain to. degree. I think we got to get to this, man. Like there is... I don't know what the word would be. There are some some bad apples out there. I hate saying bad apple because that's gotten taken over too. But man, there are instructors out there, like academy owners, black belts, who they want to be the sage on the stage. Yeah. They 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 want like a fucking microphone in one hand, you know, and like a guitar in the other, and they want this literally spotlights on them. Yep. And like, all right, like feast your eyes on like I, i'm gonna allow you to be in my presence as i teach this arm bar that isn't that's gotta go man like my thing is I, I will never be the sage on the stage i will always be the guide on the side yes i am not luke skywalker i'm yoda yoda is literally behind luke skywalker yes luke is the is center stage man yep. and i think it's happened a few too many times in the modern era where social media and jujitsu times are reporting on things like this where there are guys in positions of power that abuse their power it's terrible like uh, like we all know a few really good examples yeah right? it's like terrible. sometimes it comes down to violence yes yeah and and that's obviously like you said that's the toxic the toxicity the that that, that really bad relationship where the stewing is 
And I think a lot of that happens from two sides and in in, to a certain degree. One, you have to know who your apprentice is. You have to know the boundaries of your apprentice. Yeah. That's part of your job as the teacher, as, you know, the master, so to speak. The, the, the blacksmith, the master blacksmith will say. You know, you have to understand how this person's going to learn and kind of shape the way you're teaching it to them. Yeah. Because if you're just going to sit there and, you know, it's just like if we brought the fundamentals class here and said, all right, guys, we're just going to do Barambolos and, and they have no fundamental base. Well, dude, that guy doesn't deserve to have students. Exactly. And that, that's the point is, you know, you have to you have to shape the way you educate people to a way that's easily digestible to them. Yeah. You know, at the same time, while using your mastery to keep developing and developing and developing to the point where they can become the master, you send them out, they get, they become ambassador to somebody else yeah and that, but that's what my goal is for all of you guys that that second guy may have the point where he has to go back to his master let me ask you a question yeah and i know that if i have a question i can go to you and if you can't answer it i'm sure you could go to somebody else. Dude, and and the other thing is you have to be honest with yourself as as like a leader right 100 you have to admit when you don't know like i'm i don't know the last time i told battle something like in terms of technique yeah and way more often, nine times out of ten, if we're talking technique, it's him showing me something that he he learned. I've been able to show him stuff. Dude, the other thing with battle, you guys might not realize this, there have been like two or three times where I, I would never kick him out, yeah. but I've encouraged him to go. Find another match. Like, I don't want to be his, yeah. his glass ceiling. And then you get guys out there that they're not willing to let go. Yeah. That if somebody leaves, they're a crayonch. You know, they're yeah. a traitor and... That's craziness, and and my worry with that, the only I don't care what other people do. The only thing is, it might give the wrong impression of the hierarchy in, in martial arts, the adherence to tradition that creates a learning environment that's best for everyone. Exactly. Like when you can get when you're willing to give yourself over to Coach Tony's influence, to Coach Pete's influence, you know, to my influence, and to your the senior students. If that hierarchy is not just people wearing a black gi. Not at all. It's everybody above you in that line, past yeah. you in that line. There's a reason we line up in rank order. And my seven-year-olds can tell you the other R word for that is order of responsibility. Exactly. You know, it's all trickle-down stuff. And that works best. I'm not going to say it wouldn't work outside of, like, our structure, but it works best when there is that adherence to tradition and that adherence to Hierarchy. And another big reason I brought this up was, like, who was just on Joe Rogan? That would be Mr. Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan, the I'm king. Sorry, Gordon Ryan. Yeah, which he's starting to get a little uh, New Zealand accent. Did he you is, pick up on that? It's it funny how that goes. My uncle, after I was with Ricardo for a few years, he'd be like, dude, you're, you're getting a Portuguese accent here. You're speaking <laughs> with a Brazilian accent. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, it happens, dude. That's how much he has been... You know, open to the influence of John Danner. And he it's, said it's it so 100%. clear. He goes, "Yeah, if it wasn't for John Danner, I would not be who I am." Right. Okay. And dude, I'm not saying like we're John Danner, no. and I'm also saying that I'm not saying our students are, are Gordon, Gordon Ryan. Ryan. Um, and if I thought that they could be, I would do what Gary did. Yeah. I would send them to New York. I would yep. send them somewhere. I would never want to be their glass ceiling. But uh, the funny thing that I get from think about uh, think about how. How open you are and how much to to realize this guy needs more. Yeah. 
You want to talk about no ego? Oh, and Gary, yeah, dude. No ego. And I'm just talking to anybody in general. That, like, you're willing to say, hey, battle, look. You could, maybe you want to go to New York City. Maybe you want to go train with those guys. To have, be, to have the ability to, it's not about you, to put somebody else and say, look, this is, this would be better for you, I think. The problem is this. Um, if you don't do it that way, it only can be bad. I think that could develop. That's can where only, you can develop a toxic relationship, and, it, and it, you don't, you can't hide that from anybody. Yeah. Everybody knows, dude. If and it's funny, I'm saying this because my name is on the door. My name is on your shirt. Your name's on my your shirt too. My name's on my shirt. <laughs> my fight a lot of names on that shirt, <laughs> but dude, like my name's on the hat, and my name's on my water bottle. It's it's on my shirt. It's yeah. on the bag. I'm looking around the room. It's on everything. It's but on the everything. point is, and you know, and my face is on all the videos and stuff yeah. like that. But the funny thing is, when I look at McHugh Jiu-Jitsu, like, I don't see my name anymore. Like, I, that in my head, you know, you, you have associations. Yes. That's the school. Isn't that funny? And it and it, nothing drives me more crazy when people call it McHugh's Jiu-Jitsu. Like, yeah. apostrophe S. Yes. I'm yeah. like, it's not McHugh's Jiu-Jitsu. Like you said, it could have been Mount Laurel Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. I mean, I put my name for, like, accountability and things yes. like that. But uh, the point is, like, I, I don't ever... It's just so obvious when somebody wants to be the sage on the stage. Yeah. It's so obvious, and it's it puts a bad taste in your mouth, and it immediately creates a toxic relationship with the student. And the funny thing is, it doesn't always look bad. That that toxic when you, when I say toxic in your head, you probably are imagining the the teacher is like, you know, he wants everybody to adore him. And he's yeah. cracking the whip, and it's all about him. And the, the student is like crumpled in the corner and like shy and, yeah. and like shivering. No, th a lot of the times that toxic relationship is hero worship. Yeah. And I'm sure you know passive a few examples. Yeah, well, that no, sometimes that, but, but it's also like, you know, my, my instructor is, is God. Yeah. You know, and the, the, it's tied. That's not good. Man. That's not good. And, and one of the great things I learned from Ricardo is, is to deflect. Mm -hmm. He was not open to that that was not on the table it could not be hero worship even like when he's got all these amazing accolades way more than a lot of people that you know yeah but you nobody has any idea yeah why do you think nobody has any he idea? doesn't walk around puffing his chest out he, he comes every time he's been in here and even when i've been up at headquarters um you know like when i was taking jack up to the restaurant with coach tyler you know it was always just it's he's like just another guy yeah in his mind to me i'm like Dude, I've seen you, and you know, hey, it's great to meet you. And stuff like that. Dude, he's had, walk he's had two of the best ADCC matches of all, of all time. Rona, yeah, and Jacare, exactly, just amazing, unbelievable. And uh, you know, to be able to be, you're secure. You're you're comfortable in your shoes is just who you are as a person. That you have to go around and. Wear your Arona shirt or your fight to win shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just happen to be the one. No, on man, top. I want you to be proud of that. that oh, I am. I am. But don't, I don't get don't get the wrong idea. Like no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, he when you meet him. Well, Ricardo doesn't rest on his laurels. No, I think and is he's what always you're doing stuff. And and just as what he does with the MMA guys, and, dude, Frank Edgar does. It's you know incredible. What? Yeah, I agree with you. And one of my favorite things about my teacher is that, um, and dude, I'm looking forward to healing. I'm looking forward to like things being back to normal. Like I want to like reestablish and strengthen, you know, my 
relationship with my teacher. Yes. Which means you might, you guys might have to see me a little bit less. Yeah. But so be it. Because I, I think a big part of me being the leader I need to be for you guys is to be a student to my teacher. Yes. And that trickles down to us. Agreed. And then that trickles down. Well, actually, when I say us, I mean us as a student body. Yeah. Everybody gains from the knowledge that you acquire from Professor Almeida. Yeah, dude. And, and we're talking about the value of tradition. Um, I'm really into like the uh, samurai epics like Musashi, yes. Shogun. Love Musashi. All these different. Uh, you I actually know. have to read the big one. That's you the didn't one. read the novel. I still have not. Read Would you the, read Book of Five Rings? Yeah, I've read the book. Yeah, of dude. Five the Rings. novel is is you know it's a fictionalized account of yeah. Musashi. But I've read that thing a dozen times. And guess who gave it to me originally? I'm guessing it's not your uncle. Not my uncle. Yes. It's Ricardo Almeida. Yes. Yeah, Ricardo gave it to me. He That's gifted huge. it to me. It was huge, man. It it really played a big role in my life. But if you guys don't know about Ricardo, he uh, he fought a lot in Japan. You know, like. Uh, pride and all that stuff that first fight was a funny thing when he talked to, i seen yeah, I he wasn't supposed to fight, he wasn't supposed to fight. they're like hey it was like uh, gracie's versus the world <laughs> yes and it was like uh somebody couldn't fight i think it was was it yeah Hyen? was it high and couldn't fight somebody might, couldn't might fight be. and they were like uh uh henzo's like hey cash how yeah once you do it yeah and he's like all right man i train with you guys all the time might as well and he went out Dude, he came out throwing dukes right. throwing kicks man that's a crazy thing ricardo had this crazy leg kick believe me i know all about it <laughs> and uh you know he wasn't like a muay thai guy but yeah. anyway one of the things that i learned from my teacher is he lives this very stoic traditional lifestyle right like he uh he's very into sharpening his mind He's always, always learning. He's always reading. He's, he lives in his, he treats his body like a temple. Mm -hmm. Like he got into to like long distance, distance yeah, running. Yeah, running with the, uh, with the drone. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I love yeah, watching man. those and, and I just, it was reassuring to me to, to be like a purple belt, knowing that I probably didn't have the want to, to really make it big in MMA and maybe not even the tools. Maybe, I don't know. You had the tools. Um, and probably not be a world champion. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, my goal was always. Grinder. You don't want to be the grinder. No, dude. Like, yeah. Just because I knew to do yeah. those things, you had to give your life over to it. Yeah. I didn't have that in me. But I, it made it easy to come to grips with the fact that I'm never going to have, like, trophies on the wall at my mm -hmm. school. Because most, 90% of the people that came into the school didn't know who Ricardo was. You know what I mean? True. And... Uh, of the people who did know who he was and what he did, that wasn't why they were there. Yeah. And most of the people who were so incredibly receptive to his knowledge and his influence, they didn't give a damn about that match with Jacare. They didn't give a damn about his match with, um, what's his name, uh, Arona. Arona. You know, they didn't care that like he was getting primed to fight Anderson Silva. That's huge. They cared about like who he was as a teacher mm -hmm. and and his credibility. And his credibility came from the work he did on himself. You know what I mean? True. And, you know, the whole point of this long meandering talk about my, my teacher is his adherence to tradition. There's a reason that, like, traditional values, we'll call it, have staying power. So let's come back around. Gordon was on Rogan. And it's just so funny, the dichotomy. And I wouldn't call it hypocrisy because it's not. But uh, it's just so funny that they call Danaher John, mm -hmm. you know, where yeah. 
Danaher, do you know what Danaher calls Hen? So if you don't know about Master Henzo Gracie, yes, he's like just he's one of the guys. He's the most affable, uh, laid back, he always has a smile, charismatic, and, yes. and zero tradition. Yes, he fucking hates when people call him Master Henzo. He's yes. Call me Henzo, man. Call me Henzo. And you know me, I'm like bowing, fucking, yes. and, and he doesn't like that stuff. He does not adhere to tra- tradition at all. And then uh, Danaher, he refers to Henzo as Sensei. Sensei. He calls yes. him Sensei. Yeah. And then Danaher's guys, he's very adamant that they call him John. Yep. Do you see the disconnect That's there? Crazy. Isn't that funny that how that works? Crazy. And then in one vein, they are so avant-garde. Like they're they're, I guess the the classroom setting. There's like no, they're not bound, they're not slapping hands. Dan Hur's wearing, like, even when he was teaching gi classes, it'd be a gi top and MMA and shorts, shorts yeah. and a coffee on the mat. Yeah. And and then he calls it inside Senkaku. Mm-hmm. Like, traditional speech. Yeah, traditional yeah. Japanese terminology. Yeah. So it's just funny to me, like, that dichotomy of like. But I think at the core, there's there's true values. There's true traditional values in everything they do. That's They're kind of saying point. that this is where I think it's. This is where you get your hybrid aspect, your hybrid view of things, where you're like, look, we're everything's based off tradition. We wouldn't be here without the traditional values. Do you know what the but you're you're onto something. The most traditional value that they adhere to is what? Do you know? If you were to guess. Listening to Gordon speak about his teacher, yes. what do you think would be the most traditional value that they adhere to? Well, just as him as the teacher, the instructor. The, the, and, yeah, yeah the, he's they're there. all they're all obviously a subservient apprentice to yes. every single thing that Dan Hur says. And subs, I think when you say subvert, sub, uh, what subversion? Sub, yeah, subversion. Subversion. That what I can't say. Why can't I say it? What a moron! I could say that if I wasn't on this podcast right now. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna just walk around like a homeless guy mumbling it. But it's more that they're, you know, they are very receptive. Yeah, openly receptive. To his leadership and the path that he's but why? putting them on. Why? He's earned that respect. Yes. He's earned the respect. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. It, you know, if you go into somebody and say, man, this guy can really teach, but he's a shit outside these doors. This guy, man, look what this guy does, but he's out of here. He's look at all the stuff that he's doing on the side. That's not true. It doesn't jive. It doesn't drive. But, but le- there's a, a lesson in that, too. You can... Like Matakis talks about this in one of his many, many books. He's got, what, 11 now? Yeah. One of his books, he talks about the fact that you could be a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a white belt as a father. Yeah. You know, you could be a white belt in jiu-jitsu and a black belt in business. Yes. There doesn't have to be a correlation. And I do think, I do think that if you value skill enough, like you want to be a world champion, I think you can bite your tongue and train under a world like a, a high level instructor, mm-hmm. even if the guy is kind of like a dirtball within reason. Yeah, I'm not saying like he's out there like murdering <laughs> fucking neighborhood cats. Yeah, but you know maybe he doesn't take care of his body like he should, or you know maybe just like a, it could be any multiple. Not the high minded guy that you yes. would want, right? I do think as long as, you, but you better know what you value. Yes. You better understand that like there is a trade off. Yes, you could be led down a, a bad path if you right. if you. This is where following blindly. Well, well you have um, an internal struggle. Yes. If if that's not so, like for me personally, yeah. if Ricardo was a dirtball, I wouldn't be able to do it. Man. Yes. I definitely wouldn't uproot my life just to to learn from him exactly. if if I didn't. 
Dude, the truth is, I, for a long time, I stood in awe of him as a person. Mm -hmm. Like, I learned so much. Yeah. And I was receptive to it. And at the, in the same vein, Ricardo's not perfect. I'm not saying he's a perfect and person. Everybody's got faults. And the, yeah, and the good news is you can leave that behind. You yeah. can leave that on the table. Yes. Like you don't have to, yeah. like maybe let's say I drink too much coffee. That doesn't mean you have to drink too much coffee. You yeah. could still learn the, the yeah. Kimura from me. Exactly. And, and, and like I said, I, it, there's the, there's two, and I, it, this is, I think this is important to look at, especially when somebody's going to look to train somewhere is you, you know, you come in and you start learning jujitsu with them. All right. We'll just say, as you go through, you know, we're taking 15, 20 years of, a, a light of path and you're going to break it down into sections. You're saying, all right, so you're learning white belt. You're a white belt to this guy. You're a blue belt. You're the blue belt to this guy. Then all of a sudden you've been with this person for two and a half, three years, uh, seven years with us. Yeah. There's more there than just jujitsu. There should be. There should be. And I think most cases that'll happen. Just, you know, I mean, it, you know, we don't have AOJ or one of these big massive schools. We have a pretty big school though, but you're going in and I've learned so much about you. Yeah, if, I'll be honest with you. If you were a dirt bag, right, I probably wouldn't be around. As I wouldn't be. Yeah, I may not be wearing a black gee for you because yeah. I would be like, I don't know if I want to represent. I don't know how I can. I can represent this, his jujitsu. Yeah, but beyond that, there's something, and you've heard me say it a bunch of times when, and you've said it. You know, if I go to compete, I wear that shield with honor. Yeah, you know, there's, I wear that black gee, with honor, and when any time I'm communicating with the students, you know. I'm representing you, and I totally understand that. And I would never go. Well, you're you know, representing the school. I'm representing, but yes, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. I know I'm representing. It, I'm going to deflect every I know single you're gonna, time, as you should. You should, because that's what I do. But I represent. I represent the shield. We'll say that. Yeah. I represent the shield. I'm going to war, as I always like to use that term. I go. I represent the shield. I wear the shirt. I'm representing the school. So you know, I'm not. I'm not going out trying to kick somebody in the head. Probably because right. I tear my groin. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I go out, I try to, I, every time I wear that, you know, there's value in it. And it, it's the one thing that we learn in the military that you say, even when you're in civilian clothes and you're not wearing your rank, your whatever it is, you still represent the United States Navy. You still re represent the United States. Yeah. And if you go out and you're like, you know, trust me, I've known a bunch of scumbags. That they're in military, even when they're in uniform, they're, you knew this guy was a scumbag. And then you yeah. go out in town and you see this guy's a real scumbag. It's like, dude, what are you doing? They weren't long for the military. Yeah, no it thanks. It just doesn't work. No thanks. And the good thing about what we do here is in that um, student-teacher relationship, man, if you're not holding up your end of the bargain, like coming to the table like willingly and receptive and putting in the work yeah. and representing the school in a certain way, which... I, I get how that sounds. Yeah. In 2021, you can't tell me how to behave outside of your... I'm a customer. Oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. You're a student here. Yes. You're a member of a tribe. Yes. And we're very vocal about the fact that this isn't even really a community. This is a tribe. I think a tribe is more tight, tightly knit yes. than a community. Than a community. I've been reading a lot more about tribes, and I, I just got a, a book from Seth Godin about it. And the more I read about it, it's it's exact. What's the name of that book? I know the name. Tribe. Tribe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clever name, right? I think I've seen the book. I just haven't read it. Uh, There's no pop-up. Dude, it's just we're, we're a tribe to a T. And the thing about tribes, and I, I wish I, I should have tricked you into talking about it like you knew it, but uh, 
if you're not pulling your weight, dude, like you, you get the boot, yes. right? And even if you don't get the boot, you you're, get demoted. Put, you're put in this position where like you're on the outskirts of the tribe and, and like we'll throw you the scraps, but you don't, you got to earn your place within the tribe. You got to earn your place. And I love the fact that we are a tribe. Yes. In modern society, we're still a tribe. And it is a two-way street and you are not a customer here. And you might be thinking, I'd rather be a customer because then I think maybe I have more power and, and I get to you know, come and go as I please and things like yeah. that. We're not interested in people participating with our tribe who, who aren't Best willing to, to, to give. Yeah. You have to give. You absolutely have to give. And you know, we I and we do that so well here, you know, and because Look, you I know, have people well, come up do you to me know, all the do time. Do you know why we do it man. so well, dude? Because it happens naturally. It it's, is natural. It happens it's organically. Not it's organic. But you know what we're good at? The truth is this. We're good at, it's going to happen in jiu-jitsu. At least it should. In like a fairly, like normally functioning jiu-jitsu academy, that tribe should form. And what we're really, really good at is step one, getting, getting the hell out of the way. Yeah. We're very good at stepping back, letting it happen organically. And then number two, we're really good at uh, identifying and highlighting it. Yeah. And when you highlight it, it strengthens. Oh, yeah. That's what we're really good at. Yeah. But like you said, we, you can't force that. You can't force that. And, and it's, you know, it's the funny thing we're talking about. Going back to rank, we line up senior student to junior student. And the senior student pulls the line, grabs the junior student. That's a building block to reinforcing the tribe. That's huge right there. You know that? And because it's also, that it's, brown belt pulling the line down to that brand new white belt, yep. what's he doing for the next 45 minutes? He's helping them. Man. He's, he's teaching. Building he's them serving. Up. He's teaching them. He's serving. And that's the whole service. Service is an honor. But wait, I'm a brown belt. I paid my dues. Why the hell do I have to serve this white belt? You kind of owe it to yourself to do that. And who else do you owe it to? That kid. That Guess what, brown there. belt? Yeah. I remember when you were a white belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know what you I mean? were in the same spot. Yeah, you think, if you you think get, it was easy to, to get you to where you are today? It, if you get to be a brown belt and you look at the white belt and you kind of go, you just turn your nose up at them. You're like, I'm just all superior. It's like, well, you need to reevaluate where yeah. you are in life. And that, dude, that would be like us going through the school system, public school system, graduating high school, going to college. And then when it comes time to pay taxes... Being that type of person who like bitches about having to pay into the the school system yeah. taxes. It's I don't even have kids, man. Why do I have to pay into this? Yeah, I'm in Marlton. I pay good taxes. We play pretty. And I live yeah. in a in a crack house in Marlton, <laughs> and I pay pretty good taxes every year. Where my friends outside of this, uh, that live outside, they go, "You pay how much a year for taxes?" Yeah, yeah I'm in Voorhees, man. Yeah. I believe me. I know. Ooh, I know. I'm not allowed to get in there. I have to get a pass card to <laughs> go in right. to, to scan it through to get into Voorhees. But no, you know, and I've had. People say, man, that's a lot of money. And I go, do you know what our education system is? Yeah. You know, my kids are going to get an education that is one of the best in the state, one of the best in the country. Yeah. And I go, you know what? It's worth it. Do you know that's very akin to our white belts? Yes, it is. Because we treat them the same exact way. We are constantly investing in a type of culture yes. where it's it's the senior students, they want to give back. It's rewarding to them. And that might not be obvious to most people. So it's not going to happen accidentally. Like we, we create this environment where that happens. And if you guys don't realize that and you're listening to this, it's time to take part. Yeah. It's time to, to give back. That's, we have, we have, think how fortunate we are. And we're talking about the tribe. We don't have, like we have a new kid that signed up, new guy that signed up last night, this kid, Adam. Came in, 
Got a little bit late. It's not a big deal. Put him in the mat. Put him with somebody. He's trained with a guy. And his one-stripe white belt, is uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. He worked with him. From the very beginning. Yeah. Worked with him. That has started, you know, that they pop out of the egg. That little egg cracks open. You got this little <laughs> yeah. yellow chiclet white belt. It's starting immediately. They Because they see... It's happening all around. Them. Yes. We have an entire mat. Like last night, we had two mats going. You know, we have from, you know, uh, four-stripe white belt female to, you know, uh, Lily, who's a, a junior gray belt. Lily's a killer, dude. She's a killer, man. She's got Poor she's Brody. Knocking out this she week. was beating the <laughs> shit out of she Brody. Like, oh, <laughs> Brody. Brody's like, yeah, maybe we should restart. Yeah, Brody, you'll be okay, bud. You'll be all right, You'll shake it off. But there's... The sharing going back and forth. Mm-hmm. There's back and forth going, and and it it nobody takes it for granted. Nobody does it to prop themselves up. They do it because it just comes natural. Because they see it happening on every mat at any given and time. And it feels so damn good. When <laughs> dude, it's like Christmas time. What feels better? Opening your presents or watching somebody open something? When I watch game. my kids open a present, dude, man, it's I, so it just, much better. Yeah, it really is, and. Anytime, like when, and I, I'm sure you've had it a thousand times more than I have, where somebody said, Coach, I have a question. Professor, I have a question. I'm really struggling with this. And you show them just a little nugget. Man, to see them, their eyes open up. Yeah. They see that big present with the big bow. Dude, a big you know? part of it is, yeah, you showed them a technique. That, it's not about me. Right, it's right. It's about, man. Th- yes. But uh, the point is, they're so, they're, they're like glowing like that. Yeah. Because they realize that you give a shit. They see yeah. how much you care. Oh yeah, it's not. They forgot the technique the second you stop talking. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah. They know that they can ask again. They know that it's a place where we're looking to nurture them so yes. that they can grow from that little yellow chick <laughs> to you know the the hen, and then <laughs> we swore. and then you come to advanced class and we slaughter you then and make chicken shit. nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> but you, then it all starts over again. That first time you tie that blue belt on, you get into yeah. the advanced class, and you're going, "Oh my God, it's yeah. Hogwarts!" Holy so, crap! What is this black magic? To kind of bring this all back around to tradition, the reason I want to talk about this for a few reasons, but you, you might have noticed in the advanced class, I, I went we back. We had swords last night. Yeah, we did kendo. <laughs> I went back to. Um, the traditional warm-up, traditional warm-up. But, you know, in some senses it is yeah. because you go to some places, man, the warm-up is sitting around on your ass bullshitting about the weekend, you know, pretending yeah. to stretch, yep. and then you just start doing techniques. And we actually reinstated the cool-down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We went back to senior student pull the line down, whereas before that it was – we would do linears, guys grab a partner. Yep. And there's a lot of reasons that I'm doing that. One reason is intent, and that's a different podcast, but intent. I want you guys to have the opportunity to, this sounds kind of cliche and corny, right? But to set the intent for the class. Because, yeah. man, you're only here for a little bit of time, both in class, yearly, and on this planet. Yeah, You're only here for a short amount of time. If there's a, an invaluable lesson that I could teach you guys, it's to develop the ability to set your intent to do things with intention. And if you just haphazardly stroll onto the mat and start doing techniques and stroll off the mat to go get your mouthpiece and get a sip of water and meander back onto the mat and grab the same four training partners day in and day out, you're you're missing so much of the point, Mm -hmm. right? So the cool down, it just gives us a chance to take a breath, let everything sink into what we just did. 
take in your surroundings. You're in the, you're on the mat. You're around your classmates. You're stretching. Oh, look at all these guys here. Look at all these girls here. And it does give the, the instructor, usually me, a chance to say, to talk a little bit. Yeah. Like, guys, like, think about doing this. We're breathing right now. These are all important things. Learning how to be grounded, how to, like, just be where you are. Yeah. Breathing, right? is, breathing is so key. Too. Yeah, man. And that's that's just that. It, that's going back to tradition. There's a reason that we do that. And I, to, to go even further, like, I'm working on an adult student creed. Yeah. Which, dude... My my concern would be somebody seeing it for the first time is like, dude, I'm not a six year old in Taekwondo. Yep. That's kind of cheesy. Wrong. There's intent. Wrong. Too. There's an intent, right? There's yeah. it's us speaking the same language. It's the tribe speaking the same language of self improvement, of of becoming better, right? There's a sense of pride. And that's the for me was the Navy fight song. It was yeah. you know, what's your alma mater's fight song? <laughs> I had no idea. I was kind of just, just joking with you, but yeah. you know, when you go to somewhere and you go to a football game, there's a hundred thousand people at Penn State, one hundred twenty thousand people at Penn State. They're all singing the fight song, right? Because we are one. We are Penn State. Yeah, that's and only, that's that's only half of what I'm. No, and I understand because usually it, those fight of, songs are yeah. stupid <laughs> and, and nonsensical. You know, about like we're going to charge forward and. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's I get it. It brings yeah. people together, and it is a great way yeah. to indicate that you're you're part of their tribe. But for us, it's going to be more than that. It's going to be you know what are what do we value? What are our virtues? What are our principles? Because reinforce it. Yeah, man. Like I, it's important that we're here with the same un, under the same footing. Exactly. Like like moving forward together with the, with the same principles. Exactly. And and, and I think. It's one of those things where uh, my father had said to me growing up early on was, you know, repetition is the mother of study. And the more you start, if you don't believe it, say you're saying whatever you're saying, you start saying it enough, man, you start to believe it. Yeah. You start to see, plus the value of what you're getting on the mat is going to reinforce that. Well, I am confident. Yeah, dude, most people I don't even. I am fit. Most, yeah, most, most people, people don't, don't use that language. It. They don't, and they don't, and a lot of people don't realize it, unless you're Bill Egan, who's a statuesque stone human. Yeah, but you know, you have this. People, you people walk around and just like you said, they're meandering. Man, take a second, breathe. Let's yeah. stretch this out. Reinforce everything we learn because we're going to help you by doing that, and it's an awesome thing. All right, man. Uh, so we got a big weekend coming up. Yes, sir. We'll, well get we'll get another podcast in this week. We'll do this. Yeah. Let's uh, next time we reconvene before okay. the weekend. We'll talk competition again. Yeah. We'll get down to. Uh, we did a big overview the first time we looked at competition. Yeah. Let's get down to like the nuts and bolts. Let's talk about like specific things that our guys should be looking at, especially because we got a lot of people competing for the first time. Yes, sir. Big crew going out. We'll be there in force. Um, but man, this was a good talk today. I appreciate it, dude. Good. Anytime we talk values and uh, you know the tradition, man, I'm all about it because I think yeah. for me, and it may call me selfish. For me, that's what it is. I'm always like I've, we've said a hundred times. I still call you professor even when we're out having a drink. I appreciate it. You know, and, and when we're here, I, I either call you the old man or Coach Pete. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's something to it, and I think it's something. It's not just words. We're not just spewing it out there it's something we live man dude we're at we're at brando's wedding on friday yeah. and uh you know coach al was there with his wife cookie and she was calling me professor the whole time yeah i'm well, like cookie 
My wife calls you professor. Yeah, but she, I gave her a blue belt. Yeah. The cookie's never been in the academy <laughs> yeah, that's before. True. She's that's like, Professor true. Pete, yeah. DMX is coming on. Because yeah. we had like the Tupac versus Biggie debate, and everybody's always flabbergasted that yeah. I prefer Tupac over Biggie. Yeah. And of course, they play a bunch of Biggie, and then right at the end of the night, they put on California Love. There you go. But me and I were hiding in the corner watching the who's number one, and Nikki was fighting PJ Bart, so I couldn't go out and tear it up. But it's just funny, man. Like yeah. I, I appreciate the adherence to, to yeah. tradition. All right, so guys, thank you for listening. This was a good talk. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing everybody back on the mat, and we'll be back later this week. Yes, sir. Adios. See you guys.